Welcome to the Primal Canadians podcast, where you can learn how to solve sophisticated problems with primal wisdom. And now your hosts, the Primal Canadians. Hello, Primal Canadians fans. Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another amazing episode. It's been a couple weeks since you've heard from us, but we have some great stuff for you today. What are we talking about, TK? I'm super excited for today's topic. It's seasonal eating. So oh. we're going to dive a little bit into uh, like when's the best, like well, how to eat in the wintertime, how to eat in the summertime, best times to maybe go keto, uh, best to do a keto uh, um I don't want to say go keto because I don't know if that's a good idea, but doing like a keto reset kind of thing, I think is probably is powerful. And then doing something like a detox or juicing vegetarian, you know, something like that. So anyways, we want to dive a little bit into that because you can line it up better with your seasons, with your uh, geography, even sometimes to really optimize and get the most out of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, here's the thing, right? Humans today eat radically differently than we ever have before yeah. in history. You know, all through evolution, all through um, human beings becoming the creatures that we are today, uh, nature enforced some serious food rules on us. Yes. Like, there's no question about it. There were times when food was just simply not available. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there were other times when food was available in massive abundance. Yeah. And then there were times in between where certain foods were available and other foods were not available. Mm-hmm. And we we lived that way for like a couple hundred thousand years. Yeah. Before we figured out agriculture and before we figured out how to bring our food to us. Yes. And because of that, our systems have evolved some very interesting um, mechanisms and some interesting things that they do based on how we're eating. Yeah. And a lot of that is a around seasonality mm-hmm. and n- the natural cycles of things absolutely i love how you said like um uh, nature has its way of doing things and and this is really what we're all about here at the primal canadians is we can we can go against nature like we can uh you know turn on lights and stay up at night uh, or we can sleep during the day but there's certain things that nature prefers or that nature has its way of doing and uh, we don't have to do it that way, but the thing is, when we do follow those patterns as best as we can, we get the best results, feeling the best for our body, and it's 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 a lot easier on the body to do that kind of stuff. And that's kind of what today's topic is going to be about uh, with with eating. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we like to think of ourselves as separate from the animal kingdom. For some reason, we feel like we're the top of the food chain and we, we have this special place in nature. That The reality is we, we don't. Yeah. We're not any different than any other animal. The only difference is that we've separated ourselves mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. way. But we're seeing right now in modern society the results of living that way yeah. for the last few, hun- few thousand years. And I mean, when I say the last little while, I'm talking like the last 10,000 years of human existence. Yeah. Like we're talking a big chunk of time, mm-hmm. but in, in the scope of evolution, it's been a very small amount of time. Yeah. Um, and and like, like the time since agriculture and what's, what we're having, what's going on right now is people's health is deteriorating mm-hmm. like crazy. Yeah. People's emotional states are deteriorating like crazy. Yeah. People's energy levels are down. People are not like they're they're just feeling not human anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I hear that all the time from people. Oh, I just don't feel like a real person anymore. Or I'm so exhausted. Or I'm just yep. I'm just not quite myself. Mm-hmm. And 
I really think a lot of that is that we're treating our bodies in a way nature never treated us. Yeah. And because of that, we're having a lot of ill effects. Yeah. Like one of the biggest things regarding eating that blows my mind is this whole idea of daily values. Um, if you've ever read a, a nutritional information oh, like fact, the, cal- the calorie intake, kind cal- of, yeah, yeah. well, calorie intake and vitamin intake and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. if you ever read the side of a, a, pa- a food package here in Canada, you're, <laughs> you'll see the nutrition facts label. Yeah. By law, any packaged food has to have it. And it will tell you what percentage of your daily requirement, I'm making air quotes on requirement, of certain vitamins are in each uh, food. Nature would have never given you all the vitamins you needed every single day consistently all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's ridiculous. And the yeah. idea that we should have this daily requirement is stupid. Mm-hmm. A yearly requirement, sure. Yeah, that you know, sounds way better. Throughout yeah. the course of a year, there's going to be certain plants available that are going to give you some nutrients. And yeah. then at other times of year, there's going to be other plants that give you other nutrients. Mm-hmm. And certain animals are going to have different nutrients, yeah. but some of them aren't going to come around all yeah. the time. And there's all these reasons that the the, the food intake is going to vary throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that that is the way humans should eat. Totally, yeah. And and to be completely honest, like you're not going to hit those requirements anyways by 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 you know following the labels, because if there's a X percentage of vitamin C in that package that you're eating. Uh, the thing is, it's been packaged up, it's been processed, it's been stored. The quality of it is not the same as when you eat it real, raw, local, uh, or live. You know, starting with fruits and vegetables, there's no... I mean, you can Google it and there's a, uh, there's going to be some websites that tell you how much vitamin C or how many carbohydrates are in a strawberry or whatnot. But it's never the same. To get the proper nutrients, you have to eat... Uh, raw local wild fresh you know that kind of stuff just looking at a container uh, or at the ingredients is just not it it's just been changed so much you're not going to get as good a quality and it's not going to be quite enough for what your body needs yeah for sure and i mean your body might not need certain nutrients like you might have an abundance of certain things because you've Mm -hmm. been eating them consistently yeah the modern diet is eat three or four times a day yeah. and eat essentially the same things every day all year. Right. But historically, humans ate like something like 390 different species of plants. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you imagine the variety of nutrients that were found in that? Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely. Nowadays, what do people eat? Four or five? Yeah. You know, maybe six or seven different kinds of vegetables. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it. I probably only eat a two dozen different types of vegetables on a regular yeah. basis. And probably not even that regular well, when yeah. you really think about it. I mean, I, I, I'm the same way. Like, I think we're all like that. Humans are creatures of habit. Uh, we like the simplicity. We like, you know, we go grocery shopping and, you know, we like cucumbers or bananas. So we put those in our thing all the time. But what I have to do with myself is 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 I, I look at fruits that I don't eat or vegetables that I don't eat and how like how can i incorporate those sometimes even looking up like how do you make them or how do you or even talk to somebody i've had conversations with people at the grocery store that are buying in new types of food and and they tell me about it what it's good for and how to cook it that kind of stuff yeah that's a great way to do it you know look for a strange thing 
that you've never eaten before and just stand there and wait. Yeah, yeah. And when somebody else comes to buy one, just ask them, hey, I've never yeah. tried that before. How could I, how could I incorporate it's, it into it's, my it's meal? It's really a great tip. And, you know, and, and sometimes you know, like you know somebody coming over to, they're looking at this, they know what they're after, they're looking for it, and you can tell that they know what they're doing or they know this food. You can ask them. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 so interesting when you start talking to other people about their food and you realize how different different people's mm-hmm. diets are. And yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's partly geographic, it's partly upbringing. There's so right. many different factors, mm-hmm. but I really think that the the variety is so important to people, and that's where seasonal Absolutely, eating really yeah. comes in. Um, because there's times of year where you're gonna want to eat a whole lot, right? And there's other times of year where you're just not. Yep. And the thing is, that's, that's your body going through the natural cycle that your epigenetics mem- remember from years, like yeah, yeah. your ancestors' time. Yeah. No, that's your nervous system yeah. remembering the way it's, you're supposed to eat. It's generational wisdom. You yeah. Know? yeah. You know, like I, I know people who will, they'll, uh, they'll get up in the, in the early summer especially, yeah. and they'll wake up and they're just like, I'm just not hungry. And Mm -hmm. so many times in the modern world, people's reaction to not being hungry is to force themselves to eat. Yeah. Oh, I got to eat something. You know, breakfast is the most important meal. And I agree that it is, but it doesn't have to happen every single day. Yeah. And it doesn't have to happen in the morning all the time. You know, it's when you break your fast is the most important. Exactly. But you're perfectly able to fast and your body actually enjoys fasting. Yes. uh, Quite a bit. Uh, And it would have been enforced naturally for most of human existence so why not lean into it why not accept that you know this whole three meals a day structure that we've come up with or that that doctors and medical professionals have shoved down our throats for so Mm -hmm. long is just absurd it is yeah it's just totally ridiculous yeah sorry go ahead a friend of mine is actually right now in africa with the hadza bushman Mm -hmm. and he I mean, he's he's been studying them for years. He's been there four or five times to visit yeah. with them. And if you're not familiar with the heads of Bushmen, they're one of, I won't say they're uncontacted. They're definitely contacted, but they're one of the true hunter-gatherer tribes left on the planet. Yeah. You know, they're African indigenous people that just live off the land. Yeah. And the, their day typically, well, for one thing, their entire day always revolves around finding food. Yeah, that is their number one priority. That is the most important thing in their society. Yeah, because they don't because they can't go to the grocery store. Exactly, they can't go yeah. to the grocery store. They don't have a fridge to go open. Yeah, they, like none of that. And it's really fascinating because he was telling me about how like you wake up in the morning and you there's nothing to eat. Yeah. So where in the modern world we would wake up and go to the fridge and get some bacon yeah. and eggs or cereal or whatever other mm-hmm. junk we're going to put into our bodies that yeah. day and eat it first thing in the morning yeah. right away. Well, a lot of people say they feel sick when they eat breakfast. I wonder why, mm. you know, maybe that's your body saying, whoa, 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 that is yeah. way too much food for this early in the morning. You haven't gone yeah. gathering yet yeah, yeah, or you haven't gone hunting yet. Like where did this food come from? Yeah. It's your body knowing something's not right. Right. Well, you know, there's another thing too that's that I hear have being used a lot, like using food to wake yourself up. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I'm not gonna say it's it's right or wrong or good or bad, but if you if that's your only way of waking up, then 
that can be it can become it can become detrimental over it. like if you don't if you can't naturally wake yourself up with breathing moving uh something like more natural and then just relying on eating food especially if your food choices are are questionable like you know cereal or something other processed then over time yeah that can be very hard on the body and can really start breaking down the, the microbiome yeah absolutely and i mean We've talked about it before, but like if you're relying on the food you're eating right now to wake you up within a few minutes, yeah, that's a good sign that your system is not running the way it should be. Yeah. Because the way your body is designed, the food you're eating right now is not energy for today. Yeah. The food you're eating right now is energy for next week sometime. Right. Yeah. And the the way when your system is working correctly, that's the way it should be. And the food you're eating right now in in very little way should affect how you're feeling currently yeah. um, any effect it does have is usually emotional not physical yeah so it's it's interesting but seasonal eating is one of those things that a lot of people just don't really understand no yeah. you know they think oh i'm gonna look for fruit that's in season and vegetables that's yeah. are, that are in season which is fantastic you yeah. really do want to look for that kind of stuff but there's so much more to it Right. Because right now in the world, we have, like, you can get vegetables that are in season on the other side of the planet. Yeah. And you can get them anytime, any day. Yeah. And they're, they're very readily available. But when you're thinking about seasonal eating, what you really want to think about is what seasons would have been like mm-hmm. without that ability. Yeah, yeah. You know, so think about, like, real, really and truly, if you had to live on the land right now in this season, what would be available what to eat? What would it be like, yeah. You know, like right now in Canada, it's minus 15 or so here and snow on the ground. And yep. there would not be very many vegetables. Right, yeah. You know, you're not going to well, find leaves. No, there's no fresh vegetables. The types of vegetables you want to think about or look at are like, you know, potatoes, squash, like those fall vegetables that preserve. Yeah. Those are like the perfect type of vegetables for now. Yeah, your root vegetables, your things that will yeah. that will last, your winter squashes, that yes, kind of carrots. stuff. carrots. Yeah, uh, but but you really want to be thinking about that. Lots of uh, good quality proteins mm-hmm. because winter would have been a time for hunting. Yeah, uh, because you could track animals easily in the snow and they're not moving around a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much easier to find them. And then would, c- would come springtime yeah. when the snow melts and things start to grow again. And you're probably your root vegetable supply is probably exhausted yeah. by that point. Your um, your meat supply is reasonably stable-ish. Yeah. But I, in the springtime, yeah. it's it's hit or miss because it's mating season. You know, the animals it, are That's right. Yeah, thing. I was going to say that. It, it's, it, it's mating season. It's uh, it's calving season. It's, you know, the deer have their little ones. The, the animals that we eat, that's their natural time of, like, birthing and reproducing and that kind of stuff. So it's not really, like butchering or slaughtering time in spring yeah so so naturally there would have been maybe a little a bit less protein available mm-hmm. not none there definitely would still be meat protein yeah yeah but you're not going to be finding those root vegetables anymore you're yes. not going to be finding those you're not going to be finding fruit yeah in the spring you're not going to be finding any of that stuff but what you're going to find is an abundance of leafy green vegetables yes. and, and fresh new growth the kind of yeah. stuff that grows very quickly and doesn't take time to to build up a, a heavy root mass or anything. Yep. And then come summer, where you're still going to have those leafy greens. You're still going to have a, 
uh, more availability of that stuff, but you're going to start having some fruits, things yep. like that. You're going to start finding berries. You're going to start finding um, mostly berries, low low growing fruit, because a lot of the the fruit that takes time to mature would mm-hmm. still not be ready yet. Yeah, but there's more, so you're going to be consuming some more natural sugars. A little bit. You're going to be probably consuming a little bit more meat protein because the animals are back to their normal habits more or less. Mm -hmm. And then would come fall. See, fall would have been the most abundant eating season for ancient humans because food was wildly available. Like the the root vegetables are ready for harvest. Mm -hmm. The fruit on the trees is mature and ready. It's hunting season. It's hunting season. Like it's just food was massively available and so you would have been eating a lot of it but here's the thing right after fall came winter yeah and winter was this would have been the fasting season right winter would have been the time where every now and then you would have had got an animal Mm -hmm. and you would have eaten yourself sick probably to the point that you slept for a week yeah because that you wouldn't know when you were going to be able to eat again yeah and then you would fast for a long period of time Plus, it's it's cold out. You're not moving as much. Exactly. Uh, your, your body still burns calories, and you'll be more like a fat-based diet, like, you know, uh, meats with fat, um, stuff that preserves, like, nuts and seeds. Yeah. More fat. Your, your body wants more fat when it's cold because it's uh, it's it has better thermic effect. Exactly. Well, I mean, uh, indigenous Canadians uh, during the winters, they survived on this stuff called pemmican. Mm-hmm. That was a mixture of like berries and nuts and meat fat. Yeah. Um, all kind of mixed together because the fats would preserve the berries and it was just yeah, a yeah. super calorie dense, high protein, good nutrition food that would keep over the winter yeah but that was basically the only option for food if you Mm -hmm. didn't have enough pemmican stored up you weren't going to survive the winter right Mm -hmm. Um, but that that was the fasting season but the interesting thing is that because nature enforced these cycles on us our bodies developed systems to to work with it yes and that i believe that is why certain things like the keto diet work and it's like certain ways of eating trigger your body to behave in certain ways Mm -hmm. you know i i truly do believe that sugar is so addictive because in nature it was so rare i feel like there was there's certain vitamins and nutrients that you can get out of fruit yeah and and things that have sugar in them yeah that you can't get from any other plants right but those particular nutrients and those particular foods were so incredibly rare in nature Mm -hmm. and they only were available for a short period of time every year that if you came across say uh, i'll use apples as an example Mm -hmm. it's a bad one for canada but anyway if you came across an apple tree you wouldn't just pick an apple and eat it. Right. You would eat that apple and then you would eat another one and another one and you would probably eat as much as you could until you were so stuffed you couldn't anymore or the tree was empty. Yeah. Because you wouldn't know if you were going to find them again. Mm-hmm. And it would be instinctive. And I really believe that part of that is the sugar in the apple triggering that appetite. Yeah. Which is why the food industry puts sugar in everything right now yeah. because they know it's addictive. They know it triggers mm-hmm. that that survival instinct to eat more. Yeah. Um but what would also happen is that eating that sugar would tr- c- trigger your body to start putting on fat. Mm-hmm. Because 
see people in the modern world have been conditioned by the diet industry and uh, the food industry and a lot of things to think fat is a bad thing. And when your body yeah. starts storing fat, uh, that's a bad thing and it's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And in some ways it is. Certain kinds of fat are unhealthy and holding certain kinds of fat in a certain way are unhealthy. Yeah. But in general, your body storing fat is a really good thing. This is just a natural process. It's yeah. your body. Stored energy it's is all it energy. is. It, what it is, it's your body saying, okay, winter's coming. Mm -hmm. And because of the way you've been eating, mm -hmm. your body knows winter's coming because you've been eating fall food. You've been eating yep. sugary stuff. You've been eating things that tell your body, all right, this is the abundant time. This is the time to pack on the fat because winter's coming and there's not going to be a lot to eat. Yeah. And then over the winter, you would burn that fat that you packed on. And then in the spring, you're then in the spring, you're not eating those sugary things. And it, it, it triggers your body to know, okay, the, the winter time's over. Food is going to become more abundant now. Mm -hmm. I don't need to store onto this fat. And you start to release the fats. You start to release the yep. excess weight because your, your, your body knows based on how you've been eating that food is going to be abundant for a little while. Yeah. And so you don't have to pack on that. Yeah. And, and, and the movement starts again. You're moving more. You're, you're, you're burning more calories by moving kind of thing. Exactly. You're moving your muscles more and that kind of stuff. Exactly. And like the cool thing is that we've, as humans, we've figured out how to artificially tell our bodies to what season we should be eating in or yeah. what, how we want it to prepare. And that's where things like the keto diet have uh, being effective in helping people lose weight and stuff yeah. because you're eating in a way that is sending biochemical signals to your body mm. that yeah. um, winter's over. Right. You're not eating sugary stuff. You're not eating heavy carbohydrate stuff, which is the root vegetables, the kind of stuff that's just not available in springtime. Yeah. So the signal you're sending your body is winter's over. Food is abundant. There's no need to store fat. So what does your body do? It goes into ketosis to start, uh, burning fat for energy mm -hmm. and starts releasing fat rapidly yeah. because your system is secure. You're, you're not food scarcity is not a thing based yeah. on, on the signals you've been sending your body yeah. by what you're eating. Yeah. Your body basically activates new mechanisms. So keto, keto is like, uh, another calorie at, well, if, if glucose was the first calorie, uh, like sugars, you know, in the summertime, springtime, berries, fruits, vegetables, those are easy, quickly burnt. And then as you, as those wean out, um, you're, you'll be burning more fat. As you has, have less glucose, your body starts burning more fat. If you eat more fat, it burns more fat. It'll start burning more fat on your body, that kind of stuff. And then eventually when glucose is, say in the wintertime, is almost completely absent, probably back then was pretty much completely absent, that's when your body had this new mechanism of uh, creating ketones, which is something that is made inside the body as uh, and can be used as energy by the liver, the brain, the muscles. So to understand that and apply that to the seasons, um, it makes more sense to do fasting, keto-type eating in the wintertime, in the colder months when food is fresh food is fresh uh, fruits and vegetables are less abundant and then in the summertime it, you you got the the rich leafy greens you got then you can uh, go away from meat a little bit more you can go away from heavier stuff like potatoes and and those types of starchy carbs and you can do more like detox stuff and juicing and 
and that kind of stuff in the spring because it's and even maybe a little bit into summer because it lines up better with uh with what's with how your body works and with what's available from nature exactly the other thing it does is it gives your system a rest from processing certain types of food yes and that's always powerful because one of the things that the cyclical eating and the seasonal eating that nature would have enforced is that it allowed your body to go in cycles and mm -hmm. do certain processes for certain amounts of time and then get a break from those processes. Yeah. What's happening in the modern diet is everybody's eating like they're in fall all the time, constantly. Yeah, yeah. So your, your liver is constantly processing stuff. Your pancreas is constantly processing mm -hmm. sugar and creating um, insulin, insulin um, and doing all kinds of stuff. But, your your systems need a break. Yeah, you know your pancreas is able to produce both insulin and glycogen mm -hmm. or glucagon, at the, not at the same time. Yeah, but it, it needs a break from producing that insulin sometimes, and you need those times where it's producing that glucagon and um, it has that time to rest and yeah. recuperate. Um, Absolutely. One of the I I often think about Steve Jobs. Yeah. One of the most famous things about Steve Jobs was that he was a fruititarian. Yeah, yeah. He just ate fruit all the time. Interesting. What did he die of? I don't know. Pancreatic cancer. Wow. Interesting that a heavy sugar, even though it's healthy sugar, natural sugar, good quality stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, fruit is fantastic stuff. But when it's all he ate, his pancreas couldn't take it. Yeah. His, it needed a break. And everybody's body needs that kind of break sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't give it. We mm -hmm. don't allow ourselves to eat cyclically. We, we, we try to be consistent. Everyone, like, I, I hear that all the time in the fitness industry these days. Your body loves consistency. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Your brain loves consistency. Yeah, <laughs> your yeah. mind loves consistency. Your comfort level loves consistency, but your body loves chaos. Yes. Your body loves uncertainty and not knowing. That's what makes the human machine the best that it can be mm -hmm. is that uncertainty, that unknowingness. Yeah. Because then you're you're best adapted to handle whatever comes up. Yeah. You know, if you're if you frequently switch back and forth between glucose dependent mode and fat burning mode. Yeah. For those of you who don't understand the difference is your metabolism essentially has two modes. TK talked about it a few minutes ago where you can either burn sugars for energy or glucose. Yeah. Or you can burn fats for energy and your body can will produce ketones out of your fats to give you energy to replace that glucose. Yeah. But it can't do both at the same time. So your metabolism has those two modes. You have sugar burning mm -hmm. mode and fat burning mode. It's like having two different furnaces. Yep. And most people have only been using their sugar burning furnace for their whole lives. Right. Since the day they were born, they've been eating yeah. sugar pretty much every day. Yeah, if you eat if you eat a lot um and then if you eat a lot of sugar and a lot of processed food then what eventually what happens is you start shutting off those fat burning mechanisms you sh exactly you shut them you, off yeah and then when you don't have food um it's you're it's not activated and then you're, you don't have glucose your body either has to break down muscle tissue or you get uh hungry or cranky or you're cra really craving sugar because your body cannot tap in it doesn't have the mechanisms activated to tap into the fat burning exactly and that's the whole reason so many people have trouble with not eating you know, mm -hmm. people get, uh, what's the word, hangry. 
yeah when they haven't eaten or they say like i talk to people about fasting all the time and i hear oh i just couldn't do that i feel like crap it's like well it's because your body has been in sugar burning mode for so long yeah. that it's completely forgotten how to switch to fat burning mode. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this happen a lot of times in many people where when they first start to try to get to a fat adapted state, yeah. it's really hard. And mm-hmm. it takes weeks of eating no sugar Especially and no carbohydrates yeah. and like really intense focus on your diet to get your metabolism to switch over mm-hmm. to fat burning mode. But here's the really cool thing. When you do it regularly, when you switch back and forth between sugar burning mode and fat burning mode, it starts to happen fast. Yeah. Like I'm at a point now, I switch between sugar burning mode and fat burning mode about every three weeks. Yeah. I'll eat as though I'm in spring for about three weeks at a time. And then Mm -hmm. I take a week where I eat like I'm in summer and fall. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really like, for one thing, I really like the variety. Yeah. And I really enjoy sweet tasting stuff once in a while yeah and i love the psych the seasonality and the cycles Mm -hmm. of it but at first when i was doing that the first week was hell yeah because i my energy would be low as soon as i stopped eating sugar again and i was back into eating like it was spring my energy was low i would be cranky i would have these mood swings i would have headaches it was nuts i just had Mm -hmm. no energy I've done it a few dozen times now, and my system is really fast at switching that s- switch back and forth between yeah, sugar yeah. and fat burning mode. So now the first half a day is a little rough. Mm-hmm. Like I'll want to eat in the morning on that first day, and it's just, oh, I would just love to have a banana or something. Yeah. And then by that afternoon, I usually have a surge of energy, and I'm fine. Yeah. And then I don't even think about it for. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'll think about it, but it it's not a big thing. Right. Because I have lots of energy. Mm-hmm. My my mood is stable. Everything's good. And there's no issue. Yeah. Or like the odd time if I forget my lunch when I go to work. Yeah. I, I have no problem just not eating. Right. My yeah, energy yeah. doesn't dip. My mood doesn't dip. None of that. Because my body knows what to do when yes. there's no food. Most modern people's bodies don't know what to do when there's no food. Because they always had yeah. food. That's what's so powerful. That was to me like um, in all the the different things that I've transcended in my nutrition world, that was one of the most freeing things for me was to not have to go eat because it's breakfast or because it's lunch or my belly hurts because I haven't put anything in for four hours. Yes. It's just, it's just, it was just so freeing for me. You know, if there's something good, I can eat it. If there's nothing there to eat, I'll be fine. If I don't have food for a whole day, I will be completely fine. I'm not going to lose my head. I'm not going to lose my energy. I'll be fine until, you know, evening or whenever the next, whenever I can find food. Exactly. And honestly, like, even if it's a couple days, yeah, like that's the crazy thing totally. that people don't realize. It's like I was on, a, I went on a camping trip, not last fall, but the fall mm-hmm. before. And I decided to go by myself and I didn't take any yeah. food. I'd never done that before, but I was. How I was, long? Uh, three days. Okay. Or three yeah three days yeah i've i'd never done that before where i'd gone out into the wilderness like so much around camping for so long for me revolved around what were we going to bring to eat what what, what, yeah food were we going to bring and this time i just decided i wanted to go deep into the wilderness yeah and food's really heavy and i was traveling alone and i just didn't want to pack a bunch of stuff yeah yeah so i just put my camping gear and in my back and went Mm -hmm. didn't take any food and it was amazing 
like I had all kinds of energy. It was fun. I wasn't weighed down. Yeah. Um, my stomach felt good. Like there were so many reasons that it was great. Yeah. But a lot of people just simply can't yeah. do that. But but humans as an, as an animal and as a machine are meant to be able to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Regularly. And and the other powerful part about it is like if it comes like lunchtime or whatever the eating time now is and the options for food are limited and if you have to eat well then what are you going to do you're going to eat more questionable food more more like food that doesn't serve you as well whereas if you're fat adapted and you don't have to eat you'll be okay just having you know a piece of cucumber and you don't have to eat the bread or whatever else is there that doesn't serve you exactly exactly i just want to add a little story of when i uh, first discovered this uh, this seasonal eating thing um and this is maybe a little bit also geographical but what was going on i it was in fall time here in canada and i went down to live in australia for canadian winter which was summer in australia so it was like it was getting like to the heat of summer all kinds of like fruits all that kind of stuff but I had a certain way of eating here and it, requ- it it was having big breakfast. You know, I'd have a big scrambled egg breakfast with uh, vegetables in it and just just a big meal. Like I was at, I, I thought at that point I was following the idea of having a massive breakfast. Um, I thought that was right. And the types of food that I ate that I thought were super healthy and they were relatively healthy. Uh, you know eggs and and uh, vegetables and I you know I I'd make them in like a healthy fat kind of thing so it, it like it was relatively healthy food that I ate breakfasts that I ate but as soon as I finished eating or within an hour or so I was like tired like I was like laying on the couch I had no energy and I could not figure out why this was going on and I was kind of in a I was kind of learning about nutrition and I I or about eating and stuff and there was this fasting thing that you know i don't know it was four or five years ago maybe so the fasting thing was like really getting big and i was reading about it the benefits and people doing it so i decided to try it so i i pushed my breakfasts and it was hard to do like i wasn't eating healthy and my my gut my liver wasn't really um ready for for those types of fasts so it was extremely hard for me to do to push my fasts that long but I did it for a few weeks and I realized that I had more energy so I I discovered that you know the heavy food was just not working for me in the summertime for the heat it was just too much for my body to process while it's dealing with all this heat so what I eventually went to doing as I spent a few more years down there after that and even here in the summertime when it gets really hot I just stick to mostly fruit diet, uh, like mostly fruits, stuff that is easily processed when it's so hot out and it's still like raw, natural, local um, food. And I just have so much more energy from it. Yeah, for sure, man. I totally get it. And then come come wintertime here, like as we said, there isn't much fruit available. You don't really want to live on fruit that much because it's just quick surges of energy and then it's gone. But your body constantly has to put up with cold. It con- has to put up with a lot of like, you know, um, there's not not as much sunlight. So you want to go in a more, um, I keep using the word keto, but in a more keto state where you're like less active. Because keto, I mean, keto to me is more of a, it's also a lifestyle. Whereas if you're going to, move at your highest level or your, at your best potential you're probably not gonna 
go keto. You're going to get a more variety of foods. So what I'm saying is in the winter time, you're moving less, you're, you're acting, you're, you're using your body a lot less, but you still need the fuel for your brain, for your uh, energy and, you know, for, for keeping the thermic effect Yeah, to keep yourself warm. Exactly. I mean, in many ways, you're almost in quasi hibernation mode. Yeah. You know, you're totally. still awake and alert and aware and doing things, but yep. not nearly on the level that you do throughout the summer. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that would have been the way for early humans. Absolutely. When, yeah. when winter time, when things got tough in the winter, you would have just hunkered down and waited it out. Yeah. And then yeah, in the summer, you, there's more fruits and more things like that. Mm-hmm. You get those quick surges of energy, mm-hmm. uh, and you're good to go. The other thing is you get more hydration when you're eating fruit. Yeah. And when it's hot, you're sweating more. Mm-hmm. You're getting more electrolytes. Like there's so yeah. many reasons. Totally. Yes. So, I guess the point of this whole episode is like. Think about the seasonality of what you're eating. Yeah. And that's not to say like you have to get all hung up looking on the calendar and it's like, oh, it's spring. Absolutely. I can only yeah. eat this stuff or, oh, it's, you know, don't, don't worry so much about that. Mm-hmm. But start to think about your eating cyclically. Yeah. As though it were cycles. And you, you can eat, it can be cycles of a few mm-hmm. weeks or even a few days. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be consistent. But... What I'm saying is don't eat the same way all the time. Absolutely. That's don't eat the same foods yeah. all the time. Um, yeah. and, and, and the same types of foods even mm-hmm. all the time. Like remember that your body needs a huge spectrum of nutrients throughout the year. Yeah. But it doesn't need them all at once. Right. You know, you're, you're more than okay if you're getting a lot of one kind of nutrient for a little while and then a ton of another kind of nutrient for a little while yep. and a ton of something else for a little while. Your body knows mm-hmm. what to do in that case. Yeah. Your, what your body doesn't know what to do is when you're getting the same thing every single day yep. all the time and it doesn't know what cycle what season it should be in and it doesn't know what metabolic state it should be in and it's confused and it's simply it's also lacking nutrients it's lacking nutrients so you feel hungry all the time yep. you eat way more than you really need to and that you really yeah, yeah. should and you end up with the problem that we have in the modern world mm-hmm. today where people are overfed more yep. than ever before in history and yet we're still starving to death. Mm, and yeah. I don't mean that in the food equality sense, whereas there are people that are starving to death from no food. That's true too. It's a whole other issue. Yeah. But there are people who are eating more calories than they could possibly ever need in weeks and not getting any of the nutrients that they need. And yeah. their bodies are physically starving to death as they're overfed. Yeah. And it's horrible and it's making people sick and it's making people unhappy and it's mm-hmm. destroying the amazing world that we cr- we've created and the amazing thing that is the human machine and it's ruining it for people. Yeah. And it's convincing people that they don't have the power to change it and it's making them think that there's something wrong with them mm-hmm. when really the only thing that's wrong is what they're eating. Yeah. And it's not their fault. Like yeah. That's another thing I want to be very clear. If you're the type of person that's stuck in the modern food system eating the wrong way and it's making you sick, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's absolutely your responsibility and you have to deal with it if you want to live a long and healthy life. Well said. Yeah. But it is not your fault. You're the victim of the most crooked criminal organization that has ever existed on this planet and that is the food system. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple. The food system is out to poison you. Yeah. The food system is out to control you. And the food system is out to make you live life in such a way 
that you are a slave to not only the food system but the pharmaceutical industries and just the 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 control of everything it's like you have no idea how central what you eat is to everything in your life Mm -hmm. and yet there are people out there who will tell you it's not important yeah so think about that yeah and realize the amount of power that you have over your own life just simply by controlling what you eat and how you eat and realize that it's okay to question the norms of what you're told Yes. It's okay to eat in a different way. It's okay to not eat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay, okay to experiment. Yeah. It's okay to say no when somebody offers you something that's food that you know is going to be dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. It's okay to go out to a dinner party with friends and not eat dinner. Yeah. Like like there there's so many people who just think it's not okay to go outside of the societal norms about food. And yeah. I'm going right. to tell you right now that there is a world of freedom on the other side of those norms mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you can't even possibly imagine until you experience it. Yeah. But once you experience it, you will never go back. Yeah. So think about that and think about the seasonality of what you're eating. Yeah. Think about the cyclical nature of things and really consider if how you're eating is in any way similar to how humans would have been eating before grocery stores and before yeah. the food system was invented and more importantly before money came into the equation yeah, around yeah. food totally and especially if you go to like extreme protocols like like juicing uh like people will do a juice fast and just feel so incredibly amazing and that they try and use that as their diet <laughs> you know or they do keto and they start keto and they get these great results so they try and eat keto their whole the whole year or their whole life whereas those are both ideas of something extreme and yes they're amazing yes they're powerful but they're not the be all end all they have their benefits uh they're amazing but you have to use them properly you you can't you shouldn't be on keto the whole time and you should not juice the whole time either uh you can you can do uh, a few weeks maybe even a few months of it uh you know seasonally but that's where you're going to get the most benefits out of it exactly exactly and like that's the thing it's not an either or thing yeah like there's so many different diet protocols and ways to eat and stuff like that they all have their merits and they mm-hmm. all have their drawbacks but if you can experiment and pick and choose the bits from all of them that work for you and that you know are in alignment with how the body should be working and how how what makes you feel good yeah and not emotionally but physically feel good Mm -hmm. then that's what you should be doing absolutely so yeah i mean we're starting to run pretty long but it's so important like food is such an important thing in your life and it's such a central part it it truly controls everything about Mm -hmm. the rest of your life it controls the physical condition you're in it controls your mental state it controls your mood it controls your emotions it controls everything about your life yeah and yet most people eat without even thinking about it yeah yeah so don't be like that start thinking about it and think about what food does to you when you eat it exactly and pay attention and not just while you're eating it but before you eat it Yes. And and while, while you're, you're eating it. Yeah, and like, then even more importantly, after you eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the one part of the, the eating equation that a lot of people forget. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll uh, like you for example, say you, you're at a party 
yeah. with a few friends watching a movie or playing board games or whatever, and somebody decides you should order a pizza. Yeah. You know, normally, at that moment, everybody gets pretty excited. It's like, yeah, all right, we got a pizza, pizza. coming. This is great. <laughs> then the pizza comes, and everyone's like, yeah, okay, this is great. And then you, that first bite is just so satisfying. It's amazing. You've been anticipating, and it's awesome. And then yeah. by the seventh or eighth bite, you're not even really tasting it anymore. Yeah. And then you're just kind of eating it automatically because it's there. Yeah, because you started it. And then about an hour later, you're sitting on the couch like, oh, man, I'm so stuffed. I feel so sick. You have no energy. And it's just like, ugh. But everybody forgets that part. Mm -hmm, People mm -hmm. don't pay attention to that part. Or the next day they wake up and they're just draggy and low energy. And they're like, oh, I stayed up too late. Nobody ever thinks, I ate pizza last night. And that's why I'm feeling dragged down. So true. So pay attention to those correlations. Notice yep. those things. And I'm not saying don't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'll be the first to admit, I eat dysfunctional food probably more regularly than I should. Mm-hmm. But I know I know that you I know, do. Yeah. I'm aware of it, and I know the effect it has you know on me. And yeah. that's the, the really important thing is to get conscious about the effects that your food has on you and how it impacts you. And then you can start to use it to control uh, your life in, yep. in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a, a big event coming up that you're going to need a lot of energy for, you know how to eat leading up to that event to make sure you're going to be at peak energy and have peak performance yep. during that time. Um, if you, like you, you just learn how your body works and how it cycles, and it's mm-hmm. it's so cool, and it's going to make you feel so good. So don't be afraid to eat erratically. Yeah, totally. And and at strange times and you know, don't don't buy into all this stuff about you got to eat at certain times and you yep. can't eat within a couple hours of going to sleep and all, mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, yeah, totally, there's yeah. there's probably evidence behind all of it that says it's good and I I'm not going to question that. But it's not natural. Yeah. And you can also find evidence that it's bad. <laughs> exactly. There's you can find evidence to support any argument you need to yeah. somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> so just don't be afraid of it. Yeah, I, yeah. I truly believe the healthiest way for people to eat is as erratically as possible. Mm-hmm. I think you should have days where you eat insane amounts of the most incredibly delicious food. Yep. And you should have other days where you eat nothing at all. Yep. And then there should be weeks that are the same way where you should be eating so much you don't even want to look at any food. And then you should have weeks where you just don't eat anything at all. Totally, yeah. And And... Play around with it and have some fun with it and be lighthearted about it. Because make, make it work for you. Exactly. Make it work for you and find out the best way. But just be seasonal and be cyclical. And, yeah. and don't get caught up in a trap of staying the same way all yeah. the time. Yes. And that's our take on seasonal eating. So I hope this has been valuable for you. And thank you so much for being here. And until next time, keep it primal. Tune in next time for more Primal Conversations.